very warm welcome to you, uh, all, all of you, those of you who are regularly part of us here and those of you that are visiting. My name's Steph. I'm one of the pastors here. We are <clears throat> we're doing a series um, on what we're calling running partners. Um, now, that really is just a name that we've coined as a church. I copied it from someone else, another church, um, to describe the way that we are looking as a church to one another, one another. Okay, um, in the New Testament, in the in the part of the Bible that's written after Jesus came, the term one another features 108 times. It's a, it's a really central part of new, of Christianity that we are not just uh, um, taking good attention to our relationship with God, but also our relationship to one another, who are part of God's people, Christ's body. How we how we look after and help and support and spur one another on to good works, as well, of course, how we serve the world that we live in. Um, but running partners are where we say, look, we think it's a really good idea if we get together twos, threes, fours, fives, but small groups to, to help one another um, in the Christian walk. And so we're, t- we're taking five weeks to look at, well, how do we do that well? And um, trust me, it will be relevant for you whether you're just passing through, visiting, because we'll be pulling out timeless biblical truth, timeless godly principles that help you. Um, you may be here, as, as we were singing, I felt in my spirit, the Holy Spirit just kind of told me that there's, there's at least one person here today, and you're kind of in, you're in the moment where you're kind of really looking for a, it's kind of one of those, God, I need you to speak today moments. Um, and I just felt, as that was coming into my mind, and, and that was forming in my heart, that, 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 that it's really important that actually, for you today, that that may well be the case, and I don't know your situation, you may really need something very specific from the Lord. But what I do know is, is that actually to hear, to hear about the nuts and bolts of what it is to follow Jesus, it's really important, really important. In some ways, particularly if you're feeling right in one of those crisis moments. Because sometimes what the Lord is saying to us in those moments is, follow me. And he's not bringing the solution that we want, but he's saying, follow me. And so this series on running partners will be really looking at how we help one another to follow Jesus. So that's what we're going to be doing there. Um, I've said last week, just a few recaps on last week. We're doing five-week series, all being videoed so that it can be a resource to you as you want to maybe look at them again and think about, okay, how do we really get, get this working well in the church life? So a quick recap on last week. We've got some challenges um, in our particular context here with doing this well. Um, number one, we live in an individualistic part of the world. The part of the world we live in doesn't naturally think we, naturally thinks I. So there's a challenge there. Second challenge is we live in a cold part of the world. You wouldn't believe it today. Um, hallelujah. But most of the time, it's pretty cold. People, And that affects culture. The colder parts of the world, people typically culturally are a bit more isolated, spend more time hibernating rather than socialising. So we can, it can just lean again towards becoming a little bit cut off. And the third challenge is that we are not a religious culture, we're a secular culture. As a result, it's not normal to have times of prayer uh, into your diary. Most people in your workplace haven't got times of prayer booked into their diary. So it's kind of culturally a bit of an anomaly to say, I'm going to commit to building some things into my life that are going to really uh, enrich and nourish me in Christ. So there's some challenges there that we looked at and made mention of. And we said, so we've got to work all the harder at creating a, a good climate for growth. Um, we spoke about that. And then um, I also spoke and I mentioned about how in community, when we get really good community, where we're in Christ we know one another and are known by one another, it brings great comfort, um, which is obviously a, a gift from the Lord. It brings safety. Because in, in, in a spiritual reality sense, the more connected you are, the less vulnerable you are. 
um, to, I guess, kind of what we might deem as spiritual kind of attack or spiritual kind of, um, yeah, onslaught. You're, you're much more safe as in the, as in the natural, um, so in the spiritual. And also there's a synergy that comes. Jesus said, where two or three of you gather, I'll be with you. There's something of a, you are more than the sum of your parts when you come together. Something happens in the spirit where there's just great help given by the Lord. Um, and then last week, I particularly focused on the difference between fellowship and friendship. And how actually sometimes we, we don't do so well in this area of running partners because we're looking for friends rather than looking for fellowship, which we can all find. Some of those relationships will develop into friendships, but actually start by just looking for fellowship. And I went through what fellowship is. It's all on the website. Um, please um, look at that. Hopefully that'll be really, really helpful for you. So this week, um, what we're going to do today, the aim of this week is I want to help us align our expectations. What, what should we expect in a good running partnership? How, how, what should we be looking for? Because if we come with different expectations, it can be a bit hard because often we come with silent expectations. I'm expecting one thing, you're expecting another, but we, we just assume, it's not deliberate, but we assume we're expecting the same thing. And then we think, oh, why is it? Why are we not really connecting? And it's often because no one's ever explicitly said, this is what this is going to be like. So I thought we need to look at it in three areas of, 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 of how it's going to be, uh, what expectations to be in terms of purpose. Why are we meeting? Why are we meeting to do this running partners thing? Regularity, how often should we meet? How regular should we meet? And, and then finally, tone. What, what should it feel like when we meet? What is the, what is the tone? And I'm going to preach the gospel to you. Through all of these things. This isn't just a kind of how-to seminar. Right? I'm going to preach the Bible to you. But it's not a series through a book in the Bible. But this is going to be um, very scriptural. So um, don't worry if you think you've come to the wrong place and you're in a self-help seminar. It's not that. Okay, you good? All right, so purpose. Purpose. Well, if we read some scriptures in Philippians um, chapter 3, I'm just going to read just a couple, a couple of verses to you. One from the book of Philippians, one from a book that's called, that we call 1 Corinthians. So Philippians chapter 3, the second half of verse 13 and verse 14, Paul says, there's one thing I do, forget what lies behind and strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He uses that word prize. Now, you think, well, what does he mean there? Well, he unpacks it in, in even more detail in the book, in, the, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 24. He says this. He says, don't you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? He's talking about athletics, natural races. They all run, but only one gets the prize. Now he goes into the spiritual. Run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. In those days when you, wanna, if you went to the Olympics and, you, well, you know, the, 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 the games, the Greek games, instead of getting a medal, you would get a wreath. So it would be leaves um, and you could get it put on your head and that would, be your, that would be the equivalent of what you have as a medal these days. Of course, it would be um, manifestly much more perishable than a, modern, than a modern medal because very quickly the leaves would die and it would be seen for what it is. Um, medals are still perishable but much more obviously so a wreath he says they do it they exercise self-control in order to gain a perishable wreath but we an imperishable so i do not run aimlessly i do not box as though i'm beating the air i discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others i myself should be disqualified so what's the purpose of meeting as running partners we want to help each other win the prize Okay, this is really important. This is a central idea in New Testament Christianity that the Christian life is like a race. Um, 
Now, we've all looked on in admiration, haven't we, at the Olympics and these, the, the, the toned bodies of the athletes, hours, days, weeks, months, years of preparation as they go through the, the, the motions that they've, they've been preparing for. They win the prize. They're stood on the podium. They're, you know, the, the, the tears are streaming down their face. But the reality of it is this, is that in some ways, as soon as the last note of the national anthem has sounded, many of them are thinking four years ahead. It's a glory, and it's a real glory. If you want to understand what he said, what, what does glory mean? Look at things like those moments in the Olympics. Look at uh, yesterday when Leicester City came out for their penultimate match, but they've already won. No one can catch them now. They come out, and, and, and the other team are giving them a, a, a guard of honor as they come out. Crowds going crazy. They're celebrating before the match has even begun. Why? Because they've won. They've won it. Okay? And it's, that is glory. Okay? It is an immensely spiritual thing that's happening there. It's hugely spiritual. What goes on in football stadiums week after week is immensely spiritual. It's a, it's a reflection, a dim reflection of what will be. It's a claim. It's honor. It's wonder. It's high five. We did it. That's what the glory is going to be like when we get to the end of the line. But it will last forever. You mustn't have it. If you have it as some kind of distant kind of thing that you can't touch, it won't motivate you. What you see happening week after week around the world, in, whether it's in a, a, you know, like a, a concert and there's adulation and all those things, these things, they are hugely spiritual. It's manifestation of worship. And so there's a glory that God has prepared for us. The Bible says that the weight of it far, far outweighs any suffering you go through in this life. And it's to propel us onto the prize even when things are hard. So we meet together to win the prize. Now, what are the observations that we get from, from people that want to win the prize? Number one, nourishment. Nourishment is needed. Okay? If you want to win the prize, you've got to, you've got to nourish your body well. You, you've got to look after yourself. There's a nourishment in running partners. What is a really helpful thing is to say, right, what Bible book are we going to read through this month? Or what Christian book? Let's do like a book club. What are we going to read? We're going to read these chapters. Next week, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about them. What you're doing is you're nourishing your, yourself with spiritual truth. It's doing you good, and then you're coming, you're talking about it, and you're praying into it. And what's happening is, is that you are preparing yourself to win the prize. It's not just, well, oh, better read this book. <laughs> it's not that. You're saying, I'm putting stuff into me that's going to do me good spiritually because I want to run well. It's very, very purposeful. So nourishment's important. So be very purposeful about what book shall we read? What are we going to meditate on and come back and talk about? Be purposeful in that. The second thing to notice is this is how muscle building works. Um, muscle building essentially on a natural level works like this. You push weights, you stretch beyond what you are comfortable stretching, and then there is a tearing. It's a healthy tearing of the muscles. There's an unhealthy tearing, but it's kind of a good tearing that happens. And then what happens is, is your muscle then rebuilds, and if with the right nutrients, it rebuilds bigger than it was before. That's how you build muscle. That's what goes on there. Physically, that's why when you when you when you push weights and the like, and the next day or two or three, you have a nice kind of pain, not the bad pain where you think, oh, I've ruined something, but a good pain where you feel, oh, it just feels there's a little there's a little bit of an ache there. What you've done is is that you've you've torn your muscles. I'm sure there's more technical terms, but basically this is this is how it works. You've torn your muscles and they are rebuilding, and they will be slightly bigger than they were before. And you keep doing that, you become muscular. Okay, so likewise spiritually, the idea is is that we are to help one another be on the stretch. We're to say, look, where are you weak? Where are you flabby? Here's where I'm weak. Here's where I'm flabby. I want to grow in this area. 
It's like, you know, we've got, I don't know, Frank's his day, we've got Frank as a personal trainer. If you had a session with Frank, he'd say, well, what do you want to do? I might say, Frank, I need help with my pecs. He'd say, Frank, my boy's 12. His pecs are bigger than mine. Help me. I said, no problem. And he will list me out some pecs exercises. You understand? So you itemize, this is where I want to grow. Spiritually, you say, I want to be bolder. I really want to be bold. I'm timid at work. I don't talk about Jesus. I want to be bold. Let's pray. Let's get the right scriptures. Let's go on the stretch. Okay, what are, you, what are we going to pray into? What are you going to go for this week? And you go on the stretch. You go, oh, this is a bit uncomfortable. This is, this, is a, oh, this is a little bit painful. But what, what happens is, is that as you do the word, your muscles grow spiritually. You think, oh, okay, I'm getting in shape now. You might say, my prayer life's weak and flimsy. I really want to pray with some gusto. Okay, let's go on the stretch in prayer. Let's do it. Maybe one day this week we'll arrange to wake up at the same time. I, you know I'm going to get up with you and we might not be in the same room, but we're both going to pray an extra half hour together that morning. Really go for it. You know I'm doing it. I'm standing with you. Do you see what I mean? You're just saying we're going to win the prize together. This isn't legalism. This, isn't, this, isn't, this is just saying, no, we want to win. We want to, want to do some stuff. A third thing is, is the whole no pain, no gain thing. You're used to that imagery, aren't you? You know, where you're using new muscles. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good kind of pain. Where the, who's ever left the gym and, and regretted it? Who's ever walked out and thought, oh, I wish I didn't do that? No, not unless you've hurt yourself. But, you know, but often walking there, you think, oh, my goodness, I really don't. But you walk out, you think, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I did that. And so we're not, we're, when, when things get a bit uncomfortable, we're not just shrink back and start saying, oh, no, this, this is just exercise. It's okay. We're used to it in other realms of life. Here's one, learning technique. So from a natural perspective, when it comes to mastering something, I mean, um, I'm privileged to live near Hampstead Heath, and I was doing some exercises the other day, and I was able to watch some people running around the track. There's a 400-meter track there, and one guy had such a wonderful technique. It was like everything was just perfect. You think, how do you learn that? I'll tell you how you learn that. Hours of mind-numbingly boring repetition. There it is. Hours of mind, I mean, you have to be mastered by certain things, then you can master it. Once you've been mastered by some, there's some principles. Here. You can't just innovate. What are the principles? Here? You've got to learn them, learn them, learn You get muscle memory, your body learns it, and then you can become a master of the thing. Spiritual disciplines are sometimes boring. Praying is sometimes boring. Reading the Bible is sometimes boring. <gasps> yes. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. So obviously, I'm not saying it's always boring. Sometimes it is. Just putting the good stuff in. Just putting the good stuff in. And what happens is you be, it gets into you. It, becomes, it shapes you. It shapes who you are. And before you know it, you can kind of handle the word of God a bit. You've, scriptures come to mind when you're helping others. You think, well, what's going on here? You've just been putting it in. You're just, you're just becoming an athlete. Becoming a Christian athlete. So Martin Luther King Jr., he said this. He said, if you've got nothing to die for... You've got nothing to live for. So sometimes when you go through this, it can feel like you're dying a bit and there's some things you think, oh, this is a bit of a challenge, this is a stretch. But what's happening is you're basically saying it's worth it. That's what you're saying, it's worth it. Guys, we have got something worth living for. We really have. We've been laid hold of by Jesus. You know, I don't know all of your stories in the room, but I know, I know many of you are believers. Some of you may just be guests, just looking in, finding out more about Christ. But those of you that I know that you are believers, he's laid hold of us. He's broken into our lives, whether dramatically or gradually. We've come to a point where we want to follow him. That's a work of God. And he's laid hold of us for his purpose. It's a cosmic purpose. We have got something worth living for. We really, really do. And it's important that we understand that. If you're not up for this, 
if you just think, oh, then I just want to say this. Listen, Jesus actually will give you the time and the space to think this stuff through. What you mustn't do is say, yeah, I'll be in a running partnership, but you think I'm not up for this. Because the person or the people that you're joining, it's a bit like when I go boxing sometimes training and they partner me up with someone. I don't mind what level the person they partner me up with. But if they partner me up with someone who doesn't want to be there, <gasps> someone who's half asleep or timid, so they want to ever throw a punch, you think this is just dull. This is boring. You think, what's the point? But I don't mind if it's someone's first time. If they're up for it, we'll have a good time. And so it's not about how competent you are, but if your attitude is, I want to go for this, I want to learn how to follow Jesus, then I tell you what, you're going to have a great time in your running partners. That's purpose. Second thing, be quick on these, uh, regularity. How often should we meet? Well, I'll read to you from the book of Acts, how often they met, and then we'll take it from there. (laughs) See how we do, see how we're doing. (laughs) I said it'd be biblical. Uh, Okay, Acts 2 verse 46 says... Uh, day by day oh here we go uh, attending the temple together breaking bread in their homes they received uh, their food with glad and generous hearts so day by day okay well maybe that was just kind of a one-off let's go to hebrews 3 um so uh, hebrews 3 verse 12 and 13 says take care brothers lest there be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living god but exalt one another every as long as it's called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Now, the reality is this. On a natural level, again, because it's the image of the race, on a natural level, if you want to thrive physically, you've got to eat a certain amount of meals a day and it's got to be the good stuff. But it's a regularity issue as well, isn't it? It's a regularity. It's not, you, know, you can survive on a lot less, but you have to, if you want to thrive physically, you've got to be regular and frequent in how you eat. Similar spiritually, you can survive on a lot less. People do. You can survive on a whole lot. You're still, you're still kind of, you're still a Christian, but you're kind of, you're going to limp over the line or crawl over the line. You don't want that. You want to be the person who has enough for a final flourish over the line, don't you? Remember Dame Kelly Holmes? Those of you that are over 30, she was amazing. She was an amazing strategist as she ran. She would just stay in the group, stay in the group. And you knew when it got to about 200, 300 meters to go, suddenly Dame Kelly Holmes would break and she would go and she would just leave the rest behind. She kept enough in her for a final flourish. You want to finish strong, don't we? You want to finish this strong, we want to come into glory singing, not dragging ourselves, <laughs> singing, singing our hearts out. And uh, there's something about regular, regular nourishment that helps here. And... Um, we want to thrive, don't we, as believers? We really do. That's what we want. And so I would just say, when I asked, I asked, I think, about five or six people in the church who I knew and had a really positive experience of running partners. I said, please email me. Just tell me, tell me your main thoughts. Tell me your main observations. And um, the main thing that came back, pretty, I think almost in every one, was regularity. Frequency. That was the main thing that came back. People made comments like, well, if we meet fortnightly and then one of us is ill that fortnightly, it becomes monthly. In, in light of daily, you think, oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to put yokes on. There's no command in the Bible, to, you know, but there's just, there's something that they, well, there is actually a command in the Bible. It's all each other daily. What am I saying? There is, an, there is. It's all each other daily. How do we do that? Well, listen, we do, this, is a, this is a setting to exalt one another. Tuesday morning prayer meeting, we can exalt one another in our prayer and prophesying and encouraging. GC meeting, running partners. You, you commit to those. You've got, you got, you got, Running Partners Weekly, four out of seven. It's looking good. Now, 
I know the narrative. I know the storyline. We live in London. Da, 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 da. I understand. I get it. I live in London too. I know, I know some of you shift work. I know all that stuff. Okay? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not coming in with some kind of unrealistic deal that no one's going to do. I'm, kind of, I'm saying this. Listen, please, I urge you to take seriously your need for regular spiritual nourishment, a large part of which comes from one another. Sure, you're reading your Bible daily or regularly. That's wonderful. But actually, the New Testament Christians never had their own Bible. They're very reliant on one another. But there's a dynamic that comes when they're with one another that's different from me reading my Bible, right? And it's important. I need that too. I need to be around people that are saying, how are you doing on that? People I know are for me and that love me that are saying, hey, we prayed about that last week. Where are you up to? I mean, it was so great. Um, I shared something with... um, James Slater and Hazel the other week, just to, they pray, you know, they did a response at the end of the service. I said, yeah, I need prayer for that. And I said, look, we've got this date coming up in the diary. I'm a bit nervous about it. don't know how it's going to go. It's a tricky situation. Please pray for me. I tell you what, end of the service last Sunday, James comes up to me and Davina, puts his arms around us, says, I know you got this on this Friday. You remembered. It's just, you know, praying for you, prayed for us. Then great. Got a text from Hazel that morning. What time are you meeting? I think, this is great. This is like, thank you, Lord, for the church. Just to know people have got your back. This isn't about breathing down each other's neck. This is about having each other's back. This is about, come on, we're backing each other here. We, we want to finish over the line with a final flourish together, right? Yeah, we really want to help each other. And, and, and so there's just, in, I guess in the same way that we might commit to a TV, weekly TV program, you know, and if you miss it, you make sure you catch up, you know, or, you know, weekly gym or, I don't know, weekly phone call back to your folks or whatever it is. I'm just saying, come on, let's do this. Let's find a way of doing this. Um, it's so important um, for us to do that. Uh, where are we? Right, final one, tone. What should it feel like when we get together? So we've got purpose there, winning the prize, regularity. I really would advise um, strongly weekly tone. Well, this is, this is a really interesting scripture. In Hebrews 12. It's really, he says this. He says, verse 12, he says, um, he's talking about, you know, when it's hard and you get disciplined by God and, and, and all of that. Uh, and he says, he says, maybe Davina, maybe you could help me. Is that all right? Maybe just a, a moment. With like, could you help me block illustration? I know it's your favorite. <laughs> so just come and stand next to me. That'd be great. Thanks, love. So, uh, so he's talking about how you respond to God's discipline. And uh, he says, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Now, as I'm reading it, if you could just maybe do a couple of like, actions, just little ones, just to demonstrate. <laughs> nah, it's good. <laughs> no, no, because it's going to be real cool. Watch what happens. Okay, right. I'm, I'm there. Thank I'm you. There. Thank you for your uh, wonderful submission and support yeah. and help. <laughs> so I'm, I'm dead meat later, guys. I'm so dead. <laughs> it's my wife, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, it's cool. It's on camera. I forgot you hate cameras. Sorry, I totally forgot. Hi. Right. Here we go. You're doing great. Therefore, lift your drooping hands. Do drooping hands first. Okay. Yeah. Therefore, lift your drooping hands. Strengthen your weak knees. Just do something with your knees. It doesn't matter. Strengthen your weak knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint. Right. I've always thought of it like this. I've always thought of it like this similarly. To that, right? But watch, watch, watch. Listen, now you're doing great. Watch. Yeah. But it says this. It says, strive for peace of everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one is. This is the real application of what you just saw. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. 
This is fascinating. See to it that no one... So what this is actually saying is if you just stand there, it's actually this. Therefore, lift your drooping hands. It's this. You just stay where you are. It's not Davina doing it herself. I'm seeing to it. I'm coming alongside. She's going for a hard season. I'm seeing to it that it's through this season she doesn't become bitter. She doesn't get harsh. So, so I'm seeing look, there's, a temp, there's a vulnerability you're going for a tough spot. I'm going to see to it. I'm going I'm I'm um, um, to strengthen your weak knees. Okay. So, that, right, so you see, you get the picture. Davina, that was wonderful. Thank you. I love you. Nearly got the mic caught in the, in the glasses there. That would have been a moment. Now, so the, the, the tone is when we meet together is, listen, I care about you and I want you to do well. You care about me. You want me to do well. And, and in, a, in a way that's not kind of unhelpfully intrusive, that's, we're not gonna, you, know, you can never crowbar yourself into someone's life. That's not what we're talking about. But we're going to do what we can to, to, to see to it that none of us fall foul. Why? Because there's a spiritual reality here, isn't it? Things happen in life that can knock you. Someone else does something, someone says something, a circumstance happens, and it throws you. I'll be honest, I've stood in here on some Sundays, and that song which says, you are perfect in all of your ways to us. I've stood there, and I've said to the Lord, I really want to sing this. I've said it, I really want to sing this. But I also really want to mean what I sing. And I'm really struggling right now. So I've not backed off from him, but I've just said, Lord, I'm right in something now that's eating me up on the inside. I don't know why you're permitting this. I don't. And this song says you're perfect in all of your ways. Now I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. But I don't want to just sing words, you know? I don't want to be that guy. And it's like, oh, you know, and he gets you through those seasons. You know, he gets you through. I can gladly sing it now. But this is, we you know when the rubber hits the road and you're like, I could get bitter here. I never thought I was that guy. I could get bitter here. These things happen in those times. You need brothers and sisters. We all do. This is real. <laughs> this is so real. This is realer than real. This is reality. See to it. So the tone should be with one another. Number one, warm and relational. Why? Because that's the gospel. God, God has come to wicked rebels and wrapped his arms around us through the cross and said, I want to know you. <gasps> Such warmth. A desire for relationship with us. So when we're with one another, the tone is warm and relational. It's the gospel. Secondly, the tone is gentle and tender. Why? Because he could have killed us, right? He could have just blown us out. The Bible says he does not blow out smouldering wicks. He puts his hands around them so they can be protected so that the flame can grow again. He doesn't break bruised reeds. Gentle and tender. That's why it says in the Bible, if anyone of you is caught in a sin, let someone mature, restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So what you need when you're struggling. You do need someone to help, help you get back on track. But they've got to be gentle, right? Otherwise, it just hurts. And then finally, intentional and focused. So warm and relational, because it's gospel. Gentle and tender, because it's gospel. 
intentional and focused because it's gospel. God gets a hold of us, doesn't he? And says, I am going to restore my image in you and nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to make you glorious again. I'm going to wash you clean and I'm going to make you my son, my daughter, and I'm going to bring you to, I'm going to bring you right through to maturity. Intentional and focused. It's the gospel. And so that's how we are with one another. When we meet, that's how, that's how we are. We're warm and relational, gentle and tender. We're focused and we're intentional. What if any of those elements are missing? What if you think it's not like that? Then here's the thing. I'm going to finish with this. Take responsibility for the culture of your running partnership. Don't wait for a committee to sort it out. You'll be waiting forever. Say, you know what? Think to yourself, this needs to be a bit, a bit more relational. Or this is getting a bit harsh. It needs to be a bit tender. Or, you know what? We're just drifting here. There's no focus. Just implement what needs to be in there. And you'll raise the bar. Be a culture changer. You may be so serious you've actually got to say something about it. Or it may just be, I'm going to start operating in this way. And we're going to just create culture changes through that. It's really important that, that, we, that we take this uh, seriously. Um, it's important that no one, that we all realize that none of us are stuck by anyone else. You're not stuck spiritually by anyone else. Okay? No one has that power. So we've got to be able to say, I'm going to take responsibility for this. And then the final thing is, is that we're going to, I thought we, that I wrote a little agreement that we can make with each other when we do running partners. So you can agree. Here's, here's the agreement. You can say, you say this. I agree to embrace the process of transformation into the image of Christ. I agree to make this running partnership a priority, even when it costs. I agree to speak the truth in love and not speak the truth harshly or tell lies. I agree to be transparent enough for you to be able to speak meaningfully into my life. I agree not to hide from you when life is tough. I agree to do my all to meet up as frequently as we have mutually agreed we will. I agree not to look for the easy way out when the Lord is wanting to stretch me. I agree to be humbly open to loving correction and not give way to defensiveness. I agree to be reverent, discreet and sensitive with personal information that you choose to share. I agree, I agree to help take responsibility for the tone we create in this running partnership. I agree that this running partnership is part of my expression of commitment to Revelation Church London and we will therefore be appropriately accountable to the relevant leadership. So something that I will put it in the booklet that we produce out of this series and it might be something that you want to look at together and say, yeah, I'm going to agree to this. And it just means what you're doing is you're just saying, look, this is what we're going for. It's kind of covenanting. You're saying, you know what? Come on. It's not to be feared. It's not to be feared. We have, a, we have like almost like a, uh, an endemic fear of commitment in our culture. <laughs> that sounds like I might have to take this seriously. <laughs> we can still have fun and do that. But yeah, this is where we're covered. We are drawn together by covenant, right? The blood of Christ. It's brought us together. So this is, this, is, this is good stuff. So I think I'm done. Um, not the most smooth way to end a sermon, but I'll just check. <laughs> yeah, so the, yeah, can we just stand maybe and the band could come back and we're going to respond. I want to say this. What, I thought to myself, what's the best way to respond to this sermon? Last time we stood and prayed a prayer. I just thought I wanted to say this because it's a very practical sermon, but I felt like I wanted to say this. Gospel transformation doesn't work like magic. It's not magic. And I think sometimes charismatic Christians can think it's like magic. It's like, do that thing to me, and then I'll become like that. Now, I believe in impartation. I believe in healing. I believe in the land of hands. Absolutely. But the Bible emphasizes that our transformation into the image of Christ is, is kind of very, very, very practical, day-by-day day choices we make. 
down to earth, as well as all of the inexplicable stuff we can't understand. Yeah? It's a mixture of those two things. This is about life choices. It's huge. And so a really spiritual response to a sermon like this is to say, Lord, I want to go over that again. I want to, I want to think about that agreement. I really want to talk to my running partner. Thanks so much, by the way, for the feedback and for the, some of the stuff you guys have said, conversations you've already had with your running partners about you know, implementing some things from last week. I want to encourage you, keep working it out because it's part of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? Lord, we love you. Uh, thank you that, Lord, you know, we gather in this room and we, we bring our bread and fish. We do the best we can. Thank you that you make it live. And you make it mean so much more than it ever could. And thank you. Take our contributions and you're happy to bring life into our lives from them. So thank you, Lord. I just pray that the, the, the good stuff that's been said would really settle in. And if I've said anything that's just waste, I pray, Lord, it would just, in your mercy, that it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't take root. And we just pray that good stuff would flourish in Jesus' name. Amen.